What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and music is for the people. We at Rockstrikes10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels or hopefully the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock They call me Joey Rock and Roll, the rock podcast detective. I have the power to get into the hottest concerts, the hottest guest spots, and the hottest clicks. I admit it all sounds nifty in theory. Then why am I here? Why do I wish Apple Podcasts and the rest of the streaming music industry that doesn't recognize that we create more awareness and profit for the artists would just suck my dick, Tracy? I'll tell you why. It all started 30 years ago. I didn't know it yet, but I was about to get a case of the 90 from 90. Not the award-winning miniseries about the athletic demigods. Something much scary.
welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. And now, more importantly than ever, cnjradio.com is absolutely essential to you, most of you out there listening. I'm assuming that a good amount of you had been listening to the show via Apple Podcasts, and I almost didn't want to say that name on the show, because we are now too cool for Apple Podcasts. Let's just leave it at that. And you heard the intro there. I'm very proud of that intro, by the way. Uh, If you got that reference, great. If not, don't feel bad. You just haven't been programmed to understand the greatness that is the Adventures of Ford Fairlane. So yes, we are officially kicking off the 90 from 90... We are going to cover all the best music from the year 1990. It has been 30 years. That is completely stupid that it's been 30 years. Makes me feel really old. 1990 is a pretty big year for me. A lot of things changed in my life. And I'm not just talking about puberty. I mean, yeah, that happened. But I moved to the Mid-Cities area of Texas from Abilene, Texas. So it was a change of scenery. Uh, yeah, it was it was crazy, you know. Uh, Mom went through the divorce, and uh, we were on to the next chapter of our lives. So, this was for the most part my soundtrack uh, for these times. Not all of it, but a good amount of it. And I'll go into detail as we go on. Before we get to the next song, I will just tell you what we're doing here on this particular episode. Yes, we are kicking off the ninety from ninety series, a big gigantic nine parter here on Rock Strikes Ten, which is proudly part of CNJRadio.com now more than ever. But uh, yeah, these first two episodes of this nine part series, we are going to focus on strictly the odds and ends of the year nineteen ninety. For those of you who are new to the show, welcome. For longtime friends of the show, and even new listeners, you are a friend of mine if you are choosing to listen to this show. The odds and ends, we do these from time to time, especially when we do yearly retrospectives, but we can also do it in the present. The odds and ends are strictly reserved for albums that are not necessarily looked at uh, and are basically are completely ignored for the most part after the year that they exist in. With rare exception, but these are albums that don't make the year-end lists. So basically, these are the forgotten albums, whether it be soundtracks, EPs, single-only releases, live albums, tribute albums, compilations, what else? Best ofs, like the new song on a best of that may not get over. Uh, There's many things, and I'm sure I'll run into something that I forgot to mention as we go through this two-parter of this larger nine-part series. We opened up the show with a tribute to one of my all-time favorite films, which happens to be from the year 1990, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, starring the great Andrew Dice Clay, and a cavalcade, a literal Motley Crue cast of characters. And it's only fitting that we played Motley Crue right there, as that was the cue in the movie exactly how I placed it. Also, yes, that song featured on the soundtrack to The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. That was the lone new song released by Motley Crue in the year 1990, Rock and Roll Junkie. You've probably heard that song now over the years on other different compilations, such as, you know, Motley Crue Best Of's Worth, Their Weight in Gold, such as The Decade of Decadence from the year after in 1991. I I believe it was in Red, White, and Crew, which is a good comp. It's on the Music to Crash Your Car 2 box set, Volume 2. 
Uh, I'm probably leaving a few out, but you know, any good Motley Best of should have that song on there. It's a great song. And not for nothing, I definitely needed to rep Motley Crue for this, you know, 1990 retrospective uh, because, you know, it's not like we stop listening to favorite records once it's the next year over. I mean, who does that? We all have our perennial favorites. And in the year 1990, Dr. Feelgood was still a big, massive record for me and the record buying public. So I was still rocking Dr. Feelgood, but we can't play it on this special because it's from 1989. We're in a bubble here. So Rock and Roll Junkie, definitely the next best thing. That song's damn good. I hope it was just written at the time of 1990, because that should have been on Feel Good if it was around for that. That's great stuff. I love it. It's just a cool, you know, decadent, classic-sounding Motley Crue song. And, you know, Vince Neil has a cameo in Ford Fairlane. You gotta see Ford Fairlane. It's great. But let's get back to the music here. I'll have plenty to talk about on this epic nine-parter right here. I'm really excited to be diving down the massive, massive hole of 1990. And let's do another one from another compilation. This is basically a tribute album. This is interesting. Uh, It's rare that a label will put themselves over in such a big way to pay tribute to themselves. But in 1990, uh, Electra Records, or more technically Electra Asylum Records, decided to pay tribute to themselves. It was their 40th anniversary as a label in the year 1990, so they put out a tribute to themselves called, I believe it's called Rubiat. I believe that's how you pronounce it. And I will give them the, you know, I'm making fun of them that they're paying tribute to themselves, but I will say I, I dig the idea that they took current artists on their roster at this time and had them cover songs from their past. And by that I mean past catalog from Electra Asylum. So as an example, and weirdly enough, I, I just, uh, I feel bad that I'm not playing it because this was also still a big band in 1990, of course, and beyond. But for example, Metallica covered Queen's Stone Cold Crazy on this compilation. Now Queen was on Elektra back in the, in the day and they weren't at this point, but you know, they were a, an important band for that label's roster. Metallica currently on Elektra at this point. So they cover an old Elektra artist. Okay. You get it. Got it. Okay. So this one's way more weird and random, and I really dig it, and I wanted to include this band, uh, you know, not hating on Metallica, of course, and there's other great bands on Rubyat, such as the Georgia Satellites and the Cure and, and bands like that. We'll get to them later. But uh, I had to play this one because not only am I a fan of this band, but I was still rocking their 1989 release at this point. Also, I actually saw this band in concert in the year 1990. The only concert I attended in 1990 This band was on a three-band bill. I've talked about this previously on the show. The Kiss Faster Pussycat Slaughter Show that I went to. And uh, yeah, let's do this right here from the Rubyot Collection. Here is Faster Pussycat paying tribute to one of the bigger hits in the Electra Asylum history right here. This is a big one. I believe it was originally from the early 70s. Carly Simons, You're So Vain. Yes, you're about to hear it if you haven't heard it in a while. This is great, so turn it up. Faster Pussycat covering You're So Vain. Take it away, boys.
All right, there you go. That was Faster Pussycat with You're So Vain. Of course, a Carly Simon cover of the Carly Simon classic right there. And I actually do like the original, but uh, I love that cover version. It's so good. All right. Uh, So, yeah, moving on from this tribute compilation here to one of the earliest box sets in the industry. Now, box sets have been around for a few years I seem to recall like the Clapton and the Dylan box set, like things like that kind of popping up. And I was like, damn, like this is weird. But, you know, really by the time 1990 rolled around, it was becoming big business. And further proof that there was finally going to be a box set for Led Zeppelin. Now, me being basically 11 years old for most of 1990, I wasn't like, oh, yay, a Led Zeppelin box. Honestly, I hadn't been through Zeppelin. Zeppelin hadn't happened for me yet. So in a lot of ways, this box set really got the ball rolling for me on Led Zeppelin. I wasn't raised on classic rock radio, like, at all. So, yeah, I'd heard a few songs probably, but they, you know, it just never happened for me. So I, I might be one of the only people in the world that this happened to. Uh, but when the box set came out, I'm sure they were just like, well, MTV is the thing still. So we got to figure out a way to do a video that'll get played on MTV to promote this box set. Obviously, they spent a few bucks on it. And you want to make Zeppelin cool to the MTV generation, even though they seem to be timeless cool. Honestly, I, I just saw Led Zeppelin as the band that Robert Plant was in before he went solo. Like I said, hadn't happened for me yet. But I got to say... When they put this video on MTV, this is when I really first started to take notice of Led Zeppelin. And it wasn't an instantaneous thing, but this was my first impression. So honestly, I I have to include this song because this was one of the first Led Zeppelin songs I really ever heard, especially repeatedly, because this video got played a lot at the time, I remember. So they included an original video with like some screenshot footage from an old show. It, it was pretty well done, I will say. Go look it up if you haven't seen it or seen it in a while. Uh, so here you go to represent the Led Zeppelin box set. Uh, this track I know is from like an old BBC session, uh, but it was like the first real big release for this song being on anything. And of course it later winds up on the BBC sessions collection, but we haven't gotten to that yet. It doesn't exist in this timeline. Uh, so here you go. One of the first Zeppelin songs I ever heard. We're going to get into it right now. Here is Traveling Riverside Blues. Thank you. 
There you go. I had to do that. I mean, that wasn't forced at all. It really wasn't because 
that technically is from the year 1990. It is an odd and end. I originally actually submitted it for the album's countdown, but I was like, oh shit, this is basically a tribute album. It's an all covers album, so it has to be on the odds and ends. That also saves me from having to rank it because it's definitely a personal favorite. But what you just heard there after Led Zeppelin's Traveling Riverside Blues from the box set merely just called Led Zeppelin, the four disc collection or the four cassette collection, which is what I initially bought. I actually have never had that box on CD. I had it on tape, got it from uh, probably uh, RCA or Columbia House, something like that. But that was a box set. It's a big deal for me. That was my gateway to Zeppelin. That, that's what made me a fan. So I'm always going to love that box. You know, of course, years later, I graduated to the complete studio recordings, but there's something about that box, man. It's just great. Uh, you know, if, if I'm able to cheat and say Desert Island without getting into like, you know, complete album box sets, I'm taking that with me. That's great. Uh, but yeah, after that, I had to segue right into Dread Zeppelin, which uh, actually I know Robert Plant was a fan of this. I'm not sure about the other guys in the band, but I do know that Robert Plant was big on this for sure. I remember him talking about it in some interviews and stuff. He was like, oh, I think it's great. Because first of all, okay, the bit on Dread Zeppelin, they are a regified uh, rock and roll tribute to Led Zeppelin and Elvis Presley. It's a Led Zeppelin reggae rock tribute band with an Elvis impersonator as a singer named Tortelvis. And that that's it. That's, that's, that's Dread Zeppelin. Uh, what a great bit. It's so 90s because it's just like, it's ironic, but it's also cheeky and cheesy and fun. So, you know, without being too shallow, it's, it's, it's a wink and a nudge and all that kind of stuff. It, it's great. Uh, they have many albums out. The first album, and what, that's what you heard there. You heard Your Time Is Gonna Come from their debut album, Unled Ed, because they had a guy in the band named Ed Zeppelin. So Unled Ed. Nice little play on words there, of course. Your time is going to come. I love that they sampled the drum line from When the Levee Breaks, which, of course, a lot of us know it from Ryman and Steelin by the Beastie Boys also. But the fact that they used that loop to go into the chorus with that kind of Beach Boys-esque harmony, that to me is great shit right there. That is super creative for something that is just supposed to be seen as a comedy act. I like when comedy acts... You know, they're not going to be taken seriously, but I love when they achieve that next level of like, you know, you could tell they researched and know their shit. So big ups to Dred Zeppelin. It's funny, by the third album, which is called It's Not Unusual, they pretty much had tired out the Zeppelin gimmick and they went straight into disco. So, and I love that album too. A lot of Bee Gees references and stuff. So yeah, go check out like at least those first three albums I back. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Led Zeppelin into Dred Zeppelin. All right, and another thing that really debuted in 1990 was, you know, I've been talking about MTV a little bit here and there. Of course you got it. It's 1990. They're still at the kind of height of their powers, just just about to really start falling off. Uh, but in 1990, I was still watching MTV like nonstop. I was a big totally Polly guy, by the way. I'll admit that. I like Polly. Uh, but yeah, so something happened that I'm sure was a pitch. They're like, okay, this will last a couple of shows and we'll give up on it. But then I, a lot of artists started to respond to it and wanted to do it. So I, that's my theory. I think that this was a throwaway show that actually garnered some steam and it was just off to the races. I, I, I really honestly think that it just became a big thing organically over time, especially when you go and look at the early episodes of this show I'm going to refer to, which is MTV Unplugged. 
Now, they say the germ of the idea happened when John Bon Jovi and Richie Sambora did like an uh, all-acoustic duet at the 89 VMAs, which is the Video Music Awards, for those of you who are not with it. But yeah, like the, the idea came from that. And so they're like, let's do a series where we have bands on and they strip themselves down, play acoustic and do new arrangements. It's a new spin on a concert series. So I think the first episode was like some guys from Squeeze and somebody else. They used to do a lot of double bills. And I, I'm sorry, I just don't remember. I even have a book on Unplugged. I just don't have it in front of me. But so I, I said all that to say this. The Unplugged movement was really happening and I think in no small way was the success of this record uh, something that was really important for the concept to get over here. Uh, so randomly, and maybe because of John and Richie, uh, the band Tesla decided to put out a live album, but it wasn't just any old live album. They put out a stripped-down acoustic concert that they put together during the summer of 1990 and put out a live album called Five Man Acoustical Jam. And it proved to be not their breakthrough, but it proved to be a success for them because they already had gained a lot of notoriety and steam. They, they got great opening slots on concerts, and they were slowly starting to become a headliner. Love Song was huge for them in 89. I remember it was just being played nonstop for the most part. So on the heels of that, the, the acoustical jam record you know, seemed like a bit of an oddity, but at the same time, like... You know, they had that acoustic intro on Love Song, so it just, it just seemed to make sense. And it became huge. I mean, their cover of Signs on this record is still their biggest single to this day. And good for them. So, you know, if you're doing odds and ends of 1990, you've got to talk about five-man acoustical jams. So here you go. Here's a song to represent that. Here's a, a deepish cut from that record, one that doesn't get talked about. I, I almost played Heaven's Trail, which is great on there, too. But let's go with this one right here. So from five-man acoustical jam... This is Tesla and the song Paradise. Go by, life goes on. 
Right, a little Tesla right there with Paradise from Five Man Acoustical Jam. Hope you enjoyed that. We're going to get into a new track from a box set from 1990. I was talking about the Zeppelin box set earlier. One I never got at the time. I still don't own it, but I definitely got to recommend it in a sense because, you know, for the most part, especially pre-1990, I will say, big fan of this guy's catalog. We're talking about Elton John, and uh, he put out a box set in 1990 called To Be Continued, And, you know, honestly, prior to doing this show and doing all my research and putting all the songs together, I never heard any of the new songs off of To Be Continued. There's about four on there, you know, just a way to entice hardcore fans to buy the set. And there's enough alternate takes and demos and live tracks on there to get a hardcore fan excited. Uh, But, you know, I never really heard it. So, uh, you know, I just kind of bought the records here and there, and I've got most of his records, but, you know, honestly, I don't have a lot of use for his stuff in the post-sobriety era. I feel bad. I feel feel like one of those Aerosmith fans and gave up on him after uh, Rock in a Hard Place or even before that. But, yeah, I just, I'm just not a fan of the stuff, you know, in 1990 and beyond. But I will say, like, I found the one new song on the box set that I did like, actually. So, and this definitely has a a production that may have not aged very well. But I do dig this tune for the most part. So I was like, ah, you know, I need to include this on here. Uh, Because I like Elton, and, you know, it just makes sense. So, yeah, that's all you need, right? Uh, So here you go. Uh, The best new track from the To Be Continued box set. Here's some Elton John. And this song right here, I swear I heard the night talking.
There goes some EJ right there, some Elton with I Swear I Heard the Night Talking from his To Be Continued box set. If you have nothing by him, that's a good one to get. Or, you know, 
you still want to go the best of route, that best of 70 to 02 collection is pretty damn good. Although, uh, if you're just getting full albums, eh, you probably uh, may want to stop like around uh, 84, something like that, somewhere around there, you know. So, just being honest, I love Elton, don't get me wrong, one of the best shows I've ever been to. So, anyway, moving on here, from super polished pop production right there to one of the most notorious bands of all time to some hardcore punk rock music right here. Yes, this is what we do here on Rock Strikes 10. If you're a longtime friend, you can expect transitions such as this. It's really not forced, I swear to God. I'm not being, you know, not trying to be so weird or anything. Trust me, it doesn't get me the attention that sometimes I think I deserve. But anyway, we got to do something by the dwarves right here. It's 1990. It's nothing that I was into, honestly, in 1990. It took me like another probably eight or nine years to even figure out this band or even to figure out that they existed. Uh, I had to start working in record stores to know who they were, but uh, it doesn't get much more punk rock than this in 1990. 12 songs, just under 13 minutes of runtime. You know, I think they had the balls to sell it as a full-length CD price. Uh, There's a lot of rude awakenings right there. Dollar a minute, right? If if you luck out, a dollar a minute. Uh, but yeah, this album they put out in 1990, Blood, Guts, and Pussy. Yeah, and, the, and an offensive album cover to match for sure. But like I said, hey, it's punk rock, right? So here was the bit. I, I really could not figure out, you know, the songs do sound pretty similar. I couldn't figure, I don't really have a favorite on this album. I think it's a fun record. It's easy. You can get from point A to point B if you're just going from the corner store. You can get it done in one, you know, little bitty mini drive. But uh, basically, I was, the bit I was doing is I'm just going to play the longest song on the record right here. So here you go. From Blood, Guts, and Pussy, this is The Dwarves and Detention Girl. Short and sweet music right there from the Dwarves, Detention Girl from the album Blood Guts and Pussy. And yes, you can buy that on vinyl. It's still in print. You pay $15. 15 American dollars. You basically do pay a dollar a minute. Uh, so yeah, you punk rock guys, you, you want that in your collection. It's definitely an essential for that genre. We are moving on here. 
Not that we ever move away too far from blood, guts, and pussy on cnjradio.com, whatever that means. That might be uh, a theme for the last theater, but uh, we're moving on here to this band. And, and this is one of those bands that they had been around for like a decade and change at this point, but I had never really listened to them. I first became aware of them probably around 1989. I never heard anything from them prior to that for sure. It's a band I had read about before I ever heard them. And because I, I, I read tons of music magazines uh, from, you know, the first year I could read, which was like 83, 84. I was actively reading Billboard and, and shit like that. And uh, but, yeah, I never heard this band. They they played the VMAs once again. They played the VMAs in 1989, the same year that John and Richie invented Unplugged. And it was their first television appearance in America ever. So after 10 years, they finally make it on American television. It was a big appearance for him because it really, that's uh, when they started to gain steam, at least as far as I could tell on MTV and on radio. And they were uh, hot off of a, a big record for them. So they became one of the hip bands. So I finally heard The Cure around 1990, 89-90. And I, I remember like a lot of my older friends, I always had older friends and they had, you know, at least the majority of them had Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me. And a lot of them had just bought Disintegration, which came out in 89. Those were big records. Even my metalhead friends at least owned Disintegration. And I remember specifically one like, you know, when it's just all the same old shit, when it's all just heavy metal shit and I don't want to hear that, this is my record for that. So, you know, they, they, they wanted to have a few true alternatives in their collection, too. So, hey, I, that's that was my first impression of The Cure. And the album they put out in 1990 to kind of keep their steam going was a remix album, weirdly enough, called Mixed Up. And I gotta say, this album contains my favorite Cure song of all time. This was like the song they went with as a single. I think it was a new song. I don't recall this being an earlier song of theirs, but I am not an authority on The Cure. So if I'm wrong about that, don't kill me. Feel free to send me a message and clear things up with me. I just don't think that there's any other version of this song besides the one from Mixed Up. I think that was the lone new song. So l let me know if I'm wrong or not. But I'll, I'll always have this, this version, this mix. This is my favorite Cure song of all time. So I got to play it here on the Odds and Ends. So from Mixed Up, here is The Cure with Never Enough. <laughs>
right, there you go. Never Enough from The Cure, my favorite Cure song. It's definitely one of the more rocking Cure songs of all time, which is probably another reason why I like it. Who am I kidding? That's why I like it. All right. (laughs) Uh, Let's stick with the Brits. Uh, One of the greatest bands ever uh, from the, uh, not just from the UK, but ever as a near genius writer in this band. Uh, Just a great band. XTC. I was not massively into XTC at this time. You know, I was an 11-year-old kid. It's way too cerebral, pretty much, for an 11-year-old kid. I did hear a few of their songs because it did get played on MTV. And it wasn't just on 120 Minutes. I used to see them on some of the, you know, early night programming and stuff like that. So I remember especially Dear God, there was a big controversy on that. Well, that was one of my first impressions of the band. But uh, yeah, just, just a great freaking band. Do yourself a favor and check out some XTC records. You know, if you're a fan of power pop, but also, you know, you want to get a little deep, uh, this is the band. They're just great. They have a little bit of their foot in the garage, you know, especially early on in their career. So just just a great, well-rounded band. Uh, So yeah, they have a compilation that came out in 1990 called Rag and Bone Buffet, Rare Cuts and Leftovers. You know, it is what it says it is. It's leftovers and B-sides and whatnot. It's their odds and ends, and that's why it's on this show. Uh, so here's one of the better songs from that collection. They're not all just throwaways. And even just the song title just shows how, you know, really cool they are. Uh, so here you go. Here's XTC with Heaven is Paved with Broken Glass.
The great XTC right there with Heaven is Paved with Broken Glass. Hope you enjoyed that. And uh, we're about to finish off part one here of the 90 from 90 doing the odds and ends. We're going to come back in part two with part two of the odds and ends from 1990. Before we get to the top 70 records of the year 1990. Yes, I'm going to be counting down the top 70 releases, in my opinion, from the year 1990. I went through it song by song. I graded them on a scale of 100, and this is what you're going to get. So, man, strap yourselves in. It's going to be huge. But before that, we'll have one more odds and ends episode to go through. And as we finish up this episode, just played you some XTC. Let's go all the way to the end of the alphabet, all the way to the end of most people's record collections, probably including mine. I'm pretty sure that's the case. I, I, I can't imagine there's anything past this. Last I looked, this is it. Of course, ZZ Top. And I'm playing them on the odds and ends because technically they do have an odd and end. They did tech this song on the album Recycler that they did release in 1990. But spoiler, and I love me some ZZ Top. They are law in this household. Recycler will not be making the top 70 records. There's so many quality records from the year 1990. And Recycler is not making the cut. So I felt bad enough about it to where I needed to include this because it is a not an end from 1990. It first appeared on a soundtrack, so it does count. So I am not just shoehorning in ZZ Top. Sure, on a technicality, but it's legit. So to close off part one here, here is the theme song to Back to the Future Part 3 and a movie they also appear in. You know this if you've seen it. Here's the boys, the little old band from Texas, ZZ Top, with Double Back.
ZZ Top right there closing off part one with Double Back from Back to the Future part three and subsequently from the album Recycler, which unfortunately, and I, I do mean that with a heavy heart, unfortunately Recycler did not make the cut for the top 70 albums of 1990 in this 90 from 90 series. You can blame Burger Man. That's a big reason, but uh, it's, it's not the only reason. Sorry, that's a cherry pick record for sure. Okay, yeah. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed part one of the 90 from 90 series. I'm in it for the long haul. I hope you are too out there. I hope you found the show. If you used to listen on a certain company's website, I hope you figured out a way to go to cnjradio.com. All you have to do is go on there and right click on the episode and you can save it on your library that's attached to that certain company. I understand it. I've got my own page of that as well. I get it. You know, my, my iTunes library, all you gotta do is right click and save it into the file. You can have it there. You can keep it in that feed. You can keep it in that order. Just do me that favor and find my show. Please spread the word on how to find the show more than ever. I need you to share this when it's posted. I need you to retweet it when I tweet about it, please. Please help me out. Okay, that's all. I'm, I'm going to try to not beg so much. Please join me on part two. We're going to do more odds and ends. Some great stuff coming up here to represent the year 1990. Some stuff you may not be expecting. And of course, I hope you're looking forward to the top 70 records of 1990. I worked a long time on it. Worked really hard. And I think I came up with a good list. What's going to be number one? Feel free to speculate. Feel free to, you know, look up, uh, you know, Wiki the Page 1990 and music, uh, any releases you have. Send me your personal favorites. Let me know what you like. If I get it early enough, you might make it towards the end of the countdown. Send me an MP3 file talking about it. You know, send me a few minutes and I'll put it on the show. Hell, you're, you're, this is your show too. It's my show, but it's your show too. And you're friends of mine if you're listening. I'm going to get out of here, but of course, stay tuned for my better half, Nola, with the plugs and the best damn outro song in all of the podcasting business. Take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, our new kittens, Ruby and Ripley, get a treat. We're on Twitter at RockStrikes10, and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have RockStrikes10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going back all the way to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. Talking Rock, with Joey and the great Mark Streakle of Talking Metal. And the I Am Vinyl Podcast with Pete LaRusa and occasionally Joey. Last but not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRusa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. 
We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun.